What's up everybody? It's Dan from Binder Boneyard coming at you from the office. It is another cold February day. It is a Saturday. Um, doing a Saturday one to help catch up because I missed a couple weeks and um, just try to get back on track for all the subscribers and everyone donating on Patreon and all that stuff. I appreciate it. Uh, doing something a little different. I got a live stream going right now with my uh, Instagram subscribers, uh, which not a ton of them, but uh, you know, just trying this out now. So, um, you know, maybe in the future it might become more of a thing. Um, so yeah, I appreciate all you guys. Thank you so much for following along and, um, you know, all that stuff. I just super grateful um you know these things don't they don't uh produce themselves so uh grateful for all the all the support and everything else um i'm gonna jump right in here our uh topic today is going to be king of the hammers um i go to a desert race it's kind of a slash desert race slash rock crawling event in um, central southern california uh, about an hour outside of barstow california and um i don't compete i don't race uh, i just go to spectate because there's a lot to do when uh, you're not watching racing the the vendor section is gigantic the um you know, there's just so much to look at, all the technology and the race cars and sponsors and everything like that. Like it's, um, it's just incredible to check out. So I like to go there, get ideas for builds. Um, you know, people always have different ideas of doing things, different ways of doing things. And it's nice to, um, you know, just see what other people are doing. Uh, and then I got a lot of friends I run into down there and do a lot of handshaking and catching up. Um, Instagram followers that like to stop by and say hi and, you know, people from Facebook and things like that. It's just kind of neat. So, yeah, you know, it's just one of those things where it's it's kind of my vacation, uh, my one real vacation because i you know my work trips they're kind of like vacations but i still end up being international centric uh you know whether it's going to a show or something like that so um yeah you know it's just nice to, to have a vacation so we're gonna back up a few weeks before i left uh i needed to prep the black scout my rock crawler for that and we'll back up even a little bit farther to last year's King of the Hammers, I was running stock Scout 2 rear end uh, with 427s, an ox locker, and chromoly shafts. And the front end was a Scout housing that someone else had done a spring over on, and I just tried to clean it up. Um, so, you know, disc front, drum rear, that whole thing. I was still running a carburetor, 
I had tuned it pretty well. Um, you know, added a lot of things that you add to make um, carburetors work well and the rocks and stuff. But it's still, you know, on certain really steep angles, it would sputter and stumble and just wasn't the best. So, um, but I still managed to get quite a bit of wheeling in last year. Uh, enough so that I broke the axle housing out of the center section. The welds, the Rosetta welds that hold the tube into the cast iron diff center, the driver's side tube started to separate or pull out or twist out from the housing. So it started leaking a bunch of gear oil out of the out of that seam there where the tube goes into the cast iron housing. So um, there was that. The carb wasn't doing very well. Uh, had some electrical gremlins. Some of the lights didn't work. Um, stuff like that. So last year's trip was all right, but uh, you know we came home with a to-do list. Well, I don't get paid to work on my own stuff, so of course it got backburnered. We pushed it out. Um, you know, oh, I'll get to it next month. I'll get to it next month. Well, it ended up going all year pretty much. And then like November, I went out to, to check on the scout and to try to bring it up to the shop and start on, you know, prep for this year's. Well, the motor was locked up. And if you've seen pictures of it, you know it doesn't have a hood. And so normally when it sits out, it I have a tarp over it, um, covered and you know, keeping the engine sealed up. And what happened was at some point over a weekend when I wasn't here or a day, whatever, the tarp got blown back and some rain and some snow got onto the engine. And it filled the number six cylinder up with ice, water, whatever. So when I went to try and start it, it was just frozen solid. Well, I assumed that the rings had rusted to the cylinder wall. That was my assumption, because normally when they get water in them, they get rusty and they seize up like that. Well, Steve had a thought that maybe water was in a cylinder and had turned into a block and just a solid chunk of ice in there. So we brought it in and let it warm up in the shop overnight. And sure enough, it turned over by hand once the engine melted. So put some fluid down the intake and in the spark plug holes to try and you know, just make sure that the cylinder walls were clean and, you know, got some lubricant on them when I'm turning it over by hand because I don't dare run it over with the key. Um, so then change the oil, put in new spark plugs. Um, and then while we were in there, put the uh, sniper on. We did a sniper fuel injection, which man and woman, you just can't beat it like off-road hitting the bumps big rocks off camber twisty wound up 
you just can't beat injection, whether it's propane or gas or diesel, like just to have a predictably running engine at any angle and any terrain is so helpful. Uh, just it's less stress. It's more predictable. It lets you concentrate on looking where you're going and steering and and all the other things you need to pay attention to when you're in the big rocks and not have to worry about keeping the engine running all the time. So we got the motor going, did a little tune up, put the sniper on and I started into the axles and earlier in the year, last year, we'd gotten some axles in as part of a trade deal. I don't normally do trades, but you know, whatever. These axles had chromoly shafts and supposedly had lockers and whatnot. Well, we got them open and they were full of mud and water and pretty much all the bearings uh, in the the axle wheel ends were all ruined. Um, just rusty, solid rust, mud, seals didn't work, whatever. The differentials, because they had gear oil in them, they did a little bit better, but there was still some rust in you know some of the teeth and then on the edges of some of the bearings, they were rusty. But because it's the trail truck, I decided that I would just run it. And so we, we did have to like rebuild everything. If you've seen any of the Instagram, you would see that, um, you know, I did all of it, like bearings and seals and tube seals. And so ended up going through all that. Well, the front end ended up being a Chevy housing that had been narrowed by the previous owner. So I had heavier tubes and a few little things going for it like that. The rear end was still a Scout 2 housing. So um, put that in. Um, you know, I had to put new perches on and so I could change the pinion angle. And then we did uh, new shackles front and rear also because uh, I bent the bejesus out of the shackles the year before. Um, so went through the housings and then we also did rear disc this time uh, because being a trail truck um i just i don't mind it you know on some of the street drivers i don't i'm not a fan of the rear disc because uh, excuse me because you have to use cadillac calipers if you want to have a parking brake and the cadillac calipers are terrible they don't stay adjusted it's constantly a fight getting keeping the rear brakes working. So um, we ended up using um, our disc brake kits use S10 calipers if you're going to stay, if you're not going to use a parking brake. So got S10 calipers on there, um, decent pads, rotors, and um, and a four-wheel disc proportioning block. So Steve plumbed up some new lines and put in a four-wheel disc proportioning block. Um, so then I went to work. I swapped my old knuckles onto this new front end because his knuckles were at a different kind of high steer and they were set up differently and I just didn't like it. So 
uh, I just transferred my knuckles right over onto this other 44 and then repacked the bearings and put new seals in and, and put her together that way put the high steer back on I had to redo the ram mount because I've got hydraulic assist uh, so redid that and it uh, it all worked out pretty well the new axles have 488 gears which I never complain about a little bit lower gear in a trail truck uh, the rear end had a spool and the front end had a lock right and the lock right only popped on me once this whole trip uh, which was pretty nice so um, yeah you know I'm not a super fan of the lunchbox lockers but in this case I wasn't going to complain I also redid some of the shock mounts just kind of updated it, changed the U-bolts, um, just made it a little bit better. Um, what else did we do? Uh, yeah, we've got the lights working again, changed some relays, figured out why some things weren't working. And uh, that was it. Loaded her in the trailer after that. Black truck, got a little bit of maintenance, but not as much as I'd wanted. Um, the transmission was leaking a little bit and I just ran with it and uh, we'll talk about that a little bit later but anyway the other thing that had to happen was uh, I was delivering an engine to a customer in Santa Rosa California uh, it was an engine we broke in on the stand and got it uh, got it all dialed in and ready for them to install at the shop down there so we loaded that onto the flatbed and strapped it down real well. And, and I took that to Santa Rosa um, to help offset some of the costs of the trip, which was nice. Um, so then, yeah, continued from Central Oregon, Santa Rosa, then went down to Bakersfield, and hung a left, went up the 58 over to Hatchapi. Uh, I was real tired, and so I stopped in Tehachapi and slept in the truck which is pretty standard for me and then um, the next morning rolled into Barstow hit the Walmart grabbed some some supplies and stuff for the week because I will be out there for like eight days and um, yeah headed over the headed over the hill into Lucerne Valley and then down into Johnson Valley uh, got into um, they call it Johnson Valley. It's a dry lake bed. Um, that's where all the hammers trails are. You go in on uh, Boone Road, head in there. It was already very busy um, because it spans three weekends. The first weekend was a motorcycle race called King of the Motos, which is a very, they call it hard enduro. So very hard uh, off-road motorcycle race. And then the next weekend is the, they don't like it when you call them trophy trucks, but they call it like T1 and T2. Um, those were the very fast desert trucks, but they also have added some smaller classes. And they have class 11 now, which is the Volkswagen Beetle. Um, and then there's a 1600 class, which is a Volkswagen powered buggy um, and a few other things. So... So I got there the Friday of the desert of the, the T1, T2 race. And 
it was already crowded, like really crowded. Normally where we camp, there's hardly anybody around us until later in the week. And we have, you know, some space. And I was able to find a spot just barely. And I get in there. And then I had to throw out some some caution tape bullshit to keep people from trying to park next to me because uh, Jeff from IH Parts America was going to be there with their rented motorhome and his his truck hideous. So I had to like fight people off of the spot next to me because it was it was crowded and which is crazy because the desert is gigantic. But um, people like to be up where I'm at because we're above town. We're up on a hillside kind of. And so it gets us above the dust and um, kind of keeps you out of the way a little bit. The downside is the wind. When it gets windy, that hillside just gets beat. And so anyway, I get there, unload, start to get situated, and um, kind of just got my bearings, walked down into town, which was tough. My uh, arthritis had started flaring up. Uh, my knee was all swollen and my foot started swelling up and it made it very unenjoyable to walk. It was about 150 yards from camp to Hammertown. And uh, Hammertown is where like all the vendors are and the food and bathrooms and everything. So, um, you know, I'm making two or three trips a day into Hammertown sometimes just because, um, you know, whatever reason go. They have the, the monster truck is there, not like monster truck car crusher, but monster energy drink. Um, shout out monster. Uh, their semi is there and they give out free monster for the whole week. So why wouldn't I go down there? <laughs> so I drank my weight in monster, uh, like I do every year. And, um, so yeah, so I'm hiking back and forth. My knee is all jacked up. My foot's swollen and I'm just eating Advil. And it helps a little bit, but you know, it's not repaired. Of course, I can't get into the doctor for like two more months because of everything else. So anyway, um, yeah, so take the scout out, start running around. And I noticed that the alternator isn't charging unless I'm at like, 2500 and then it'll charge belts tight nothing's making noise everything the wiring's good so just out of sheer luck i ended up bringing an alternator for my pickup the black truck because i have like a 70 amp alternator on it right now or at the time and when I turn on all the accessories, all the cooling fans, stereo, heater, wipers, lights, trailer lights, all that, it actually draws more power than the alternator can produce. So I had another alternator made that was 110 amps and bolt right in. So I'm like, okay, I guess this is a sign. So I took the alternator off of the black truck the 70 amp one and I put it on the scout and it worked great just like it's supposed to 
Then I put the fancy alternator on the black truck and it doesn't charge. And I went and looked at it, wiggled some wires and sparks shot out of the inside of the alternator. Came shooting out the back. Not, I didn't touch the wire to anything. It was just the inside of the alternator was, I don't know, something's wrong inside. So now I'm kind of screwed. So thank God Jeff hadn't got there yet. So I messaged uh, Michael, his counter guy at IH Parts and said, hey, I need an alternator. Can you please throw it in? And so luckily they had a high amp one they could bring. So they brought it with them when they got there on Monday. So I ended up running around in the scout, did some you know light wheeling, just kind of checking out the lay of the land. They had changed the layout of Hammertown. They had changed kind of the entry gates around. So I was just getting my bearings, which is tough because if you've seen any of my videos, you can see it's like Thunderdome. Like it's just crazy Mad Max. Just everything's going nuts every which way. And yeah, so um, anyway, they showed up on Monday. Uh, you do all the hi, how are you? Jeff ended up bringing a camera guy with him. So now we had kind of a agenda, like we actually needed to go do stuff whatnot so um they got settled in we didn't go wheeling monday uh they went down in hammertown walked around looked at stuff and then so then tuesday we went and we wheeled um jackhammer but looking on the map it almost looked like sledgehammer i don't know because these rock trails are not marked they're not signed. There's no way of knowing where you are, really, unless you have some sort of GPS map and they're laid out on that. And even then, the GPS we had that supposedly had the map on it, it was very vague. And we weren't sure what trail we were on. All I know is that the, on that first day, we made it up to the mailbox, um, which they call that sledgehammer mailbox. But it's the convergence of like three or four different trails right there. So we weren't exactly 100% sure where we were, but it was definitely one of the harder trails. Um, Jeff had to winch up a section. He had to pull me through it because Jeff and I have the same wheelbase and we both got hung up pretty much the same way. So while they were doing that, his camera guy was taking all the uh, video for his sponsors and stuff like that. So there's a worn, worn stuff and whatever. Um, and then, um, we made it up there, wheeled back around, hit the sand dunes, which Johnson Valley is crazy because there's like, you go from hard rocks to like huge sand dunes and it's just nuts. So, uh, yeah, you know, we just kind of covered some ground, went back to camp, had dinner, uh, went and walked around Hammertown again. There's just so much to see. Every day was almost different. Um, you know, like vendors were setting up, some vendors left, uh, new vendors coming in, just different people. It, it just was a, it's just crazy how it does that. And then, you know, it just keeps getting bigger and bigger until Friday, the following week when the Ultra 4 races happen. You know, that's the big time. So, yeah, just, it was just crazy the amount of stuff. Um, you know, so 
did some more wheeling. Jeff ended up breaking his frame uh, on the front of Hideous between the steering box and the body mount. Um, so luckily a neighbor camper had a welder and was able to weld him up. So, um, yeah, got that welded up. I didn't have any problems until Thursday. Uh, I had a fan relay go out, so my trans and power steering fans weren't running. Uh, and then I broke my whip, my LED light-up whip that I spent a bunch of money on, broke in half. So I'm like, what the crap is that all about? Because I spent good money on that. But, uh, you know, the sun is hard on that stuff and whatever. But, yeah, so um, those are my casualties for the for the week. Um, the alternator and the whip. But, yeah, so overall it was a good trip. Coming home, so the, the transmission on the black truck started leaking more and more. Uh, turns out I split the cooler open. Uh, I had one of those plate style, um, stacked plate coolers, which are supposed to be more efficient and better. And, um, well, it turns out that I just split one of the plates open. And so I was having to put a quart of ATF in every fuel stop. Uh, so the underside of the truck is just coated. The front of the trailer is coated. Um, I was throwing check engine lights um, because the fluid pressure was off. Because because instead of making the loop like it's supposed to, it's blowing out the the crack. So you know the trans controller was throwing lights at me, telling me that I have a fluid pressure problem, which that's what happens. So. Um, yeah, I was just putting in tons of ATF. And then the home, going home was great, making good time. Roads are fine. Um, I mean, it did take me two hours to get out of Hammertown from town to the highway. But other than that, it was fine. Oh, I forgot. I did stay in Barstow. And uh, my friend Mark, uh, he was staying there also. So we had dinner. That quality in there in Barstow is pretty decent. Uh, I like to stay there. Uh, and they got good breakfast, good, uh, you know, what do they call it? Continental breakfast, except more than that. So anyway, um, yeah, coming home and just losing fluid like crazy. And then at some point between, um, Redding and weed, California, my front crank seal went out. And when I pulled in to get fuel at weed, I had oil just pouring out of the front cover. So I had lost like a quart of oil in 65 miles. Uh, so topped it off with oil, went from Weed to Klamath Falls, which is another like 70 miles. Checked the oil again, lost another quart. And then, of course, as soon as I left Klamath Falls, it started snowing. And I went all the way back from Klamath Falls to home in a terrible snowstorm and it was slick and I was sliding and you know the tires on the truck are three quarters wore out and it just was a adventure coming home it took me longer to go from Klamath Falls to home than it did to take me to go from Bakersfield to weed um, this took forever to get home in the bad weather and of course I'm just hemorrhaging ATF and oil everywhere and uh, 
yeah, it just, the underside of the black truck is just coated. Now I'm going to have to get the pressure washer out and blast it because uh, I got to repair I got to repair all that stuff. And and the trans coolers, they're not just your, you know, parts store, three eights, whatever's they, the Allison's use five eights cooler line. So that's like 10 AN fittings on this thing. So finding the right parts was uh, not an option on the road. So I just had to limp it, you know, worst case scenario, I would have looped the hoses together and then not run with a cooler. The problem with that is if it ever, if I got into a position where I was slipping a lot, like first and second gear, it gets hot fast. Um, once the converter locks up, there's no slip or very little slip and the transmission can stay, stay cool. But when the tr torque converter is slipping, it builds heat fast. So I just risked it, you know, monitored the fluid, kept it going. You know, the check engine light would tell me when things were getting bad. Or I say check engine, but it's a check transmission light, um, would tell me when I needed to check stuff. So I just kind of kept her going and, uh, and it worked out, but yeah, the black truck's down for a little while now, um, with all these repairs that I need to do. Oh yeah. And I broke the exhaust, the section of flex pipe going from the down pipe off the turbo to the straight pipe under the truck also broke. So I had kind of a weird sound and it was a little bit more obnoxious coming home. And, uh, you know, that was, that was, uh, you know, another thing. I don't know if it did that in the desert because of the rough terrain coming out of there towing, or if it did that just on the road, California highways are rougher and shit They're, I mean, they're not Indiana rough, but they're still, they're fairly rough. And, uh, so it could have broke the exhaust there as well. But anyway, um, coming home. Yeah. I mean, just try my best to get home. Um, and I did, you know, about two hours behind schedule just because of everything, but it did make it Uh black truck is safe and sound at the shop now. And I will tear into it. I've got some hauls next month I got to do. So I'm going to have to get on the stick and get those parts ordered and repaired. But anyway, that was the King of the Hammers adventure for 2023. I appreciate you guys for listening. Uh, hopefully it wasn't too monotonous and, um, I appreciate you all very much. So until next time, I'm Dan from Binder Bone Yard.